Battleheads. I am your co-host, Jesse. And this is Eric Tyler. And uh, here we are, back again on the eve of the Super Bowl. Obviously, we've wrapped up the AFC and NFC Championship games, and we have our Super Bowl set. The Los Angeles Rams versus the uh, ever-dominating, and the dynasty continues, New England Patriots of the AFC uh, Eric, uh, let's get let's get let's dive right in. What are our thoughts? So, what were your thoughts on uh, first the AFC uh, title game? You know, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs against Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. We'll dive in right in. Uh, what what were your thoughts on this game? Uh, it kind of ended, I think, just as you and I had uh, expected it to end with the Patriots uh, getting the W. Yeah, I mean, uh, both. I think both of the championship games were. Uh very entertaining and uh, also had some uh, negative uh, stuff behind it when it comes to some calls. Um, the Patriots game uh, was kind of exactly how I thought it would go. Patriots uh, Chiefs, I, I knew it was kind of going to be back and forth. Um, knew it was going down to the wire. Yeah, you know, how, you know, those both those offenses are really good and their defenses are kind of a little bit suspect. Um, you know, I, I just think... Uh, the calls, I, I feel like, you know, just watching everything afterwards in both games, well, more in the Saints-Rams uh, game, but, uh, you know, the calls have uh, been the key to the media. Everyone has been talking about that stuff, like with the stuff that's happened. Yeah. And I, and I got to admit, when I think about that game, that, there is one thing I do think about. I think about uh, Tom Brady throwing an interception and sealing the deal for the Chiefs to win and then them and the, and the, and the refs calling a, um, you know, roughing the passer call that turns it around and uh, i thought that was an awful call i thought it should have been should have been game over there um but again you can't really you can't really blame everything on one call obviously because you know the chiefs could have done better earlier in the game and, and vice versa but kind of like i said when it comes to just uh you know just what i thought of the game i thought it was entertaining and i thought it was kind of how i thought it was going to go you know with a kind of an offensive uh Offensive back and forth, uh, great def- uh, great offenses, and kind of high-powered. So I mean, and you can't really uh, – you really can't – if you're uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, as, as disappointing as it is that you aren't in the Super Bowl, and as much as I wanted to see a Rams-Chiefs Super Bowl, you can't really be disappointed too much in the season that Patrick Mahomes has had and, and the Kansas City Chiefs have had um, – really the kid the kid's just he he's kicked him kicked kicked off right into the you know being one of the uh best quarterbacks in the nfl and i i look forward to seeing what he's going to produce over the the coming years and to think that you know kansas city has uh, an elite quarter a possible elite quarterback it's it's exciting for for them and i mean i i'm bill's a bill's fan and i i'm excited to see how he's going to develop yeah, definitely, and I think you know I'd I'd be safe. I would take a bet right now to say that they're going to make it back to the AFC Championship next year. They're just going to get. I, I really think so. They're just going to get better. I mean, obviously they have a stud quarterback, and uh, you know they have arguably the best tight end tight end in football right now, and Travis Kelsey. As much as I maybe don't like him, but uh, he's great, and uh, they've had some running backs. You know, Damian Williams, running back wise, has stepped up a lot for them. Uh, I so I think, man, if couple key defensive players and i think they'll be right back there to be honest with you so yeah definitely exciting obviously no one likes to lose um but if i was a chiefs fan you know you got to be happy that 
you're you're almost almost guaranteed to make it back. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting times. I mean, it might be the the only exciting time uh, that they've had since uh, maybe when Joe Montana played played for them. Uh, yeah, I mean they've had. I mean, Alex Smith. Alex Smith did did okay, but I feel like Alex Smith just never lived up to his potential there, and he's kind of just been off kilter from from his departure in San Fran. Yeah, Alex Smith is. I mean, he's been a, gr- a good quarterback. Uh, maybe not the guy to to bring him to uh, a Super Bowl, but you know, the Chiefs have, have had some good teams. But yeah, I think this is this proves again that when you have a stud quarterback, I mean, anything you pretty much. Anything can happen. You could take it yeah. really far. So, um, yeah, like I said, I I, I, fr- I would take a bet right now that says they're going to be back in the championship next year. So, so uh, uh, I mean, Tom Brady, though, man, I, I remember you know when when the Chiefs uh, they kicked a field goal to to put them ahead, right? Or was it to tie? It was to tie it. Yeah. No, I actually think it was to go ahead. I think it was. Uh, wasn't there? They would be up three, right? And then they came back, and then Brady came back and scored. I think. And I can't remember. There wasn't much time on the clock, but I I knew right then. As soon as I saw it, I was like, "It's it's over. He's gonna." He's... The thing about Brady is like, and I'm not saying that he's not like a great quarterback because obviously he's he's the goat. He's amazing. But they have such a good plan for him, and he he just thinks and he he, he his mind works so quickly. And he's so accurate. Like, if you look, and I've been saying this for years, the Patriots, they they have so, – everyone's like, oh, well, they don't have, like, a big, like, deep threat receiver. You know, they had Brandon Cooks for a couple of years, which was which was good for them. But um, they – everything is so quick, and, and he doesn't hang on to the ball that long. And that's why they're so they, – they, they do so well with a guy like a Wes Welker and then a Julian Edelman and a Chris Hogan. It's all like slant routes and like stuff like that to uh, the tight ends. It, it, he he holds he doesn't hold the ball very long. And it's no, just, he, it, it's have, the defense has. Yeah, no, keep going. The the defense has so he puts a pressure on the defense like I don't think many quarterbacks have done ever, and that is. You're. It's very unlikely that you're going to get a sack on him, uh, because he gets rid of it so fast. And to get rid of it so fast and be as accurate as he is, we've never seen anything like it. Yeah, no, he, and that's what I mean. Like he holds the ball very, very not very long. A lot of slants, a lot of quick receivers inside. You know, throwing it to Gronk uh, over the defender's head. Like he, that's what he does, and that's what they have been doing. Um, he doesn't get pressured. It's almost like a LeBron James thing in, in, in basketball. People are afraid, I almost think, to. But I personally think, and, I, and if I was a, I'm not the, I'm not a, you know, football genius by any means. But I think to be the Patriots and to be successful, you need to jam the receivers. Like you need a guy. Obviously, you, a defender has that five yards to, uh, you know, for contact. You need to jam the receivers, and you need to put as much pressure on him as you can. And, and his pre- he's not a super mobile quarterback, you know what I mean? So no, because he doesn't. That, he, you, he enables you, it so he doesn't need to be. Exactly. So if you can just take a, like you jam the receivers, you get up on them, and, and you got to be that's you know people are like, oh you don't you don't you just sit back you don't you don't rush no you that you have to rush I mean it, it's either work it's either going to work or it's not going to work but I just think that's what if I was you know the Rams coming into this like I said I would I'd be jamming receivers 
a lot of man-to-man jamming them, and I would be putting as much pressure. I'd be, I would just be sending everybody. Because if you get down to the brass tacks of it, the the Patriots don't have a super deep offensive lineup, in my opinion. They don't. I mean, they have Gronk is a great great tight end. He was been one of the greats for a long time. He's obviously on the tail end when it comes to because because of injuries and such. But uh, you know, beyond Edelman and Hogan, it's like they really don't have you know Cordero Patterson. Like he's not amazing. So right. I it, just think that's what you got to do. Um, you just got to be. You just got to be intense. You got to be up on them. You got to pressure it. And and, uh, and all you need is those guys to make the plays. I mean, it can't be understated. The the series of uh, plays that you know were completed and caught. I think uh, one uh, on that final uh, drive before they went into overtime. Um, uh, you know, uh, Edelman had like a solid catch for a first down, and then Gronk had two consecutive catches. You know, bringing those catches in. And some of them weren't, they didn't look like they were, you know, uh, very easy to catch. And, and, you know, credit to, you know, I'm someone who's highly critical of Gronkowski, um, and mainly for the kind of person that he is, uh, not not so much his uh, ability because he is able to play at a high level, but he came through with two big catches that got them first downs and, and you know, enabled them to 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 be in the position to bring it to overtime and then, uh, you know, bring it to uh, win the coin toss and, and win, win, win the AFC championship. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was some uh, – and, and, again, that's why I said, like, with a call and stuff, like, you can't rest it all on that bad call. But, uh, you know, the Patriots stepped up and made some big plays there. And, uh, and that's – like I said, that's why you're seeing them there again. Uh, they've been there so much. Belichick, it's all just second nature to these guys. Um and, you know, everyone counted them out all year. It's, it's so funny. Like, we talked about this before, but they've been, they've been somewhat dominant all year. Like, yeah, he doesn't look the same, but they're still winning their division. They still had a first-round bye in the yeah. playoffs. And they're here again, and they, and they went against, arguably, you, you got to think the most, uh, you know, action-packed uh, team with the, in the Chiefs. So, um, it's incredible. I can't we're we're living in the golden age. I mean, it sound not sorry to cut you off, but um, you you got to agree. We're probably live. We've lived in the golden age of football, have we not? Yeah, I mean, I think you know the game is definitely different. I think I think quarterback wise, I think in the past however many years we've seen some amazing, amazing quarterbacks. Obviously, you you have you have like the seventies you know, where you had some good quarterbacks in the eighties and then even the nineties. But, um, I just think having Manning and, uh, having Manning and breeze and Brady all play together. And then even these other guys who are going to be hall of famers, you know, obviously I'm a big, ben, big Ben fan, like him rivers, Aaron Rodgers, Eli, Eli had a while there, like Rogers, like it's, I don't think there was a time where you've had this much uh, talent, especially at that position. So, yeah, yeah, definitely a golden age of it. But let's uh, let's get into uh, the Super Bowl. What do you, what are we thinking for the Super Bowl here? What's your uh, your prediction? Well, uh, do we want to do we want to cover the NFC game first? Oh yeah, we, oh yeah, my bad. Let's get on that because that's a big one. That's uh, the media does not stop talking about that. Yeah, it seems like it's kind of uh, been never ending, uh, <laughs> a never ending time for uh, for New Orleans, uh, without a doubt. I mean, this is obviously this was. Uh, I'll tell you what, though, 
this was a very, both these games were, you couldn't ask for two better championship games. Despite the, the, the poor officiating, the missed calls, I mean, obviously those things played a factor and you hear people like, uh, uh, like Sean Payton kind of, you know, stress its importance, like, uh, that they would be, you know, they'd be going to Atlanta right now if it wasn't for that call, but you know, you still got to you still got to do enough to to win the game, and and if you needed, if it, you can't let it rest in the hands of the officials, you know, those blown calls are going to happen, especially these days. So, exactly. I mean, it was an awful call. That that I, I've, I is one of the worst non calls I've ever seen, probably literally. And I've been watching football like a good majority of my life, so. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that it, it came down to that. But again, like you just said, I mean, a lot of stuff has to happen. Just because, even say the say the Saints got that call, it doesn't guarantee them a victory per se. So, right. Um, but it's unfortunate. Yeah, like I think of all the postseasons I can remember, I can't remember one where there was this much controversy when it had to do with uh, no, God the no, and, I, and and they're gonna have to figure it out. I know Goodell. Um, had a press conference today where he talked about it. I don't know if it's happened yet. Actually, I haven't really seen or anything about it yet. But um, Sean Payton obviously talked about it today, and, and uh, it's just an unfortunate—it's uh, an unfortunate thing because it takes away from. Obviously, it takes away from the Rams' victory a little bit, like you know, because it's, it's, we're still talking about it with the Super Bowl just being a couple days away. But again, um, like you said, another great game. Uh, I. I, you know, I, I, had, I thought the Rams were going to win, and uh, they obviously did. But um, that's my biggest takeaway from the game is just that call. And I think I think people are talking about that call more than they're talking about what happened in the game. Yeah, so. exactly. I mean, and, but you like you said, uh, I mean, it, it really – you, you want to know what, though? The, uh, both these games came down to, obviously, uh, those – the. The two calls that could have ended either game, obviously, are huge. They're monumental. They can't be understated. And we said, you know, by the same token, need to you can't let it come down to a bad call. Put yourself ahead enough. But sometimes, you know, when you have two, when you have four elite teams like this, I mean, that's what it comes down to is you know little little things. But I mean, both these games resulted. It was all in luck, a coin toss. They both went into overtime. Right, exactly. You know, and I knew as soon as the you know with the AFC game, uh, when they when the Patriots won the coin toss, it was all over. And then when the the Rams won the coin toss, I knew it was all over. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I here, you know now that you bring this up, I, here's something I wanted to ask you. Uh, I wanted to bring it up on the pod was, um, do you think they should change those overtime rules? Yes, because I think know- both. I think they should. You want to know my opinion? They should do a half of a quarter. A half a quarter. So, so what's that? Seven and a half minutes. Yeah, I mean, I personally don't even. I don't care about the time as much as I care. Like, let's look at like college, college. Uh, how college is? College, obviously, they start off at like they don't they don't punt, they don't kick off. It's you start off on like the twenty five yard line or the thirty. I can't remember. And then whoever score, you score first. You know, the other team gets a chance. Um, and then, so I just think that personally. Uh, in the NFL, the only thing that really needs to change is that I think the other team should get a chance to do something. Uh, almost like college, like uh, say uh, the Ram or say like uh, the Steelers are playing the Bills. If it's overtime, the Steelers win the toss, they get the ball first. Um, if they score a touchdown, the Ram, uh, the other team should be able to 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 uh, score as well. 
Yes, I mean, because it, it seems unfair. I, I don't know. That's my opinion. And if they kick a field goal, and then the other team gets the ball, I think they should be able to. Uh, if they come back, the other team scores, and that they win it. If that makes sense, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you know, you can score a field goal, but the other, you know, it's. Yeah, the other team like, can win, but they can't score a field goal to to retie it, or or you know they have to score a touchdown to to win it. Or but I definitely think that's something that needs to be looked at. But I don't know. The I think uh, here here the whole time. So yeah, and you know something that the XFL got right uh, a while ago. You know, obviously it's it's kind of uh, relevant because they're uh, in the middle of their relaunch, which will be coming after after this year. But uh, they did the scramble. Were Two players ran after the ball to get the ball to see who got the ball. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of wacky to me, but do you, I mean I do, does that not? If you put the if you put them at the end zone on the on the the end zone line, and you put the ball in the fifty in the middle of the field on the fifty yard mark, and you got you know your two fastest players on there to go get it. I mean, one, I think that's I think that's what's where the you know not to dive into the XFL um but where I think the XFL could provide some more entertainment value um and, and appeal to uh younger audiences uh even more so than the NFL already does cuz obviously the NFL is the most popular sports league in all of the the universe so it seems um it uh I, I don't know like something like that like yeah it seems like a little like circusy and ringling brothers type but uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I how is it fair to decide? I mean, the, the only thing that's more fair is just play out a full another quarter. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of things they could do. But um, I just uh, I, the brass tacks of it, I just think they should just have the other team be able to score as well. You know what I mean? Like. But with that oh, said, I also don't think any regular season game should end in uh, a tie either. I think that's uh, insanity. Oh, yeah. They should get rid of the tie. That's another one that should be should get be get uh, gotten rid of. They shouldn't be able to tie in any sport. So, but uh, but moving along, I mean, before we uh, before we dive into our actual Super Bowl predictions, I guess uh, you know Drew Drew Brees. Uh, I think he's got a little more left in the tank, and and he did have a, a pretty good game, but you know, it uh, it just seems uh. It seems like you know the as he's getting older, he's realizing it. But uh, I think he's got a few more. I think he's got a few more uh, seasons in him. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's. I think he, he wants another Super Bowl, and I think he feels like his team is close. And uh, so I don't think any of the quarterbacks this year are going to retire. To be honest with you, even if Brady wins the Super Bowl, I don't think he retires. I really don't. I think he. I think he'll play to at least forty-five. I think he just he wants it too bad, and he's. I mean, who 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 can get sick of winning? So yeah, if they if he comes back, they're still in the top echelon of the AFC. So um, personally, I don't think anybody retires this year. I I don't believe so either. But yeah, I mean, and the same like I said, Breeze. I mean, these guys are competitors. He's so close. He's been so close. He was so close last year, and they had. Uh, you know they had that freak thing happen in the <laughs> in the one game there at the divisional round. Yeah. But um. Yeah, same thing. I don't think anybody goes anywhere. I think these guys are. 
they just want to keep winning. And I think Brady, like I said, if he, if he wins another one, I don't, I don't see that changing. I did see an interesting article with the, or it was actually on TV. Peter King from Sports Illustrated. It was a big NFL guy. Uh, he, he thinks that if Brady wins, he would retire. Um, just because like for family stuff. And he said, you know, but who knows? Uh, only time can tell, but I, I think he's going to be around a little bit longer. I think he's going to be around for a few more years. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna it's like we. T- I mean, we spoke about this before, but it's gonna be interesting when all the, you know, all the 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 guys from that, you know, that era, the Breeze and the Brady's, and then you know the next wave of the Roethlisberger and the Eli and the, um, the Rivers. Those guys all go. You know, it's just gonna be interesting because it's gonna be a whole new. I mean, it happens. Obviously, we've seen it in our lifetime, but it's just it's uh it's gonna be different. It's gonna be cool to watch. And it's going to be, uh, it'll be surreal as much as I have uh, lived to loathe him being a fan of a team that, uh, you know, drudges in the trenches of the AFC with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, it, it's going to be surreal to see the day he retires because you're, you're literally watching, you know, the greatest quarterback uh, of all time retire. It's going to be, it's going to be uh, surreal to kind of see. And, yeah. and you know, and then like. You know, we know obviously our good friend Sean is a fan of, of the Patriots. It's like uh, even when the, when he leaves, it's just like going to be if you're a fan, it's like what next, you know? And then the same same with the Steelers. Like I'm such a big Steelers fan. Like when Ben leaves, like what's next? But it's almost exciting at the same time too. You know what I mean? It's like uh, yeah, like these. If you're a fan of these teams, even the Bills, you know, with the, with the Josh Allen and and the Browns with with Baker and the Chiefs with. Um, with Mahomes there, and it's kind of—it's just a fun time when you get a young quarterback who's, who you think is going to, you know, take over your franchise for years to come. So yeah, so uh, I mean, the only thing I can really say or hope for is once Tom Brady retires, I hope the Patriots have uh, an 18-year drought, uh, postseason drought, like my Bills had. So that's the only thing I can really wish for. It should be interesting. So I'm sure Bill will retire shortly after that as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, Super Bowl predictions. You want me first? You want me to go first on this? Go for it. I, I've been going back and forth. I personally think that, I just, I don't know. I just think the Rams are going to win. I just have a feeling. I just like, I just think that if they can, and this is the same thing I said last time, but if they can run the ball and their defense plays like I know it can play. I mean, they have studs all over that defense. I mean, literally. Yeah. Their defensive line is stacked. Their secondary is stacked. So if 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 their defense can show up and they can have a good running game, I think that they can squeak it out. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means on either side. Um, I could see either team winning, but I'm just right now. I'm just gonna I'm gonna say the Rams. I think uh, I think the Rams win in like a I don't know. 27, like, I don't even know, 27, 31, something like that. Like, in that in the high 20s, both teams. High 20s or low 30s, possibly. Interesting. I like it. Uh, I like it, but I am going to disagree. As we uh, discussed in November on here, when we uh, started this illustrious podcast, I, uh, I predicted the Patriots to go to the Super Bowl and to win the Super Bowl, so... I am going to stick to my guns with that, and I think it's going to be a uh, 35-24 victory for the Patriots. 
I like it. I like. I mean, I like that score. That's 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 definitely a score. I think it's it's going to be around. So we're, no matter who wins, but. Uh, and I think yeah, I honestly I think I could see LA pulling out ahead first. Honestly, I could see them, you know, going. I could see it even getting crazy. But that's the thing. Like, you could you we could watch LA uh, go up two touchdowns, have it be fourteen zip, and like you don't even bat an eyelash. Like, it eh, eh, don't mean nothing. Like, because you know how great Brady can be when he turns it on. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, I don't think any lead is safe with with him on the other side of the ball so um i wouldn't bet against him three touchdowns up at halftime i wouldn't i wouldn't bet against him yeah like and again i don't think there's gonna be that much separation i just think that if 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 the rams can run the ball and their defense is just like shoot is can can play like it's supposed to uh, again like i like golf i don't think golf is like a is amazing per se. I think he's a good professional quarterback, and he, and he really with that with the way that team's set up, he doesn't have to do too much to win games. So, right. And and he's smart. So if he if he just doesn't make too many mistakes, and uh, if they if the Rams rush for, you know, over a hundred yards, like if they have one one rusher, you know, Gurley or whoever, if they can rush for, if one of those guys can get close to a hundred yards, I, I I firmly believe the Rams are going to win. So. It's going to be very – it's a very exciting and interesting Super Bowl this year, and uh, I wasn't disappointed in the uh, AFC and NFC championship games, and I don't think we're going to be disappointed in the uh, Super Bowl either. So I, I, I'm, I look forward I'm to it. To see, um, I'm eager to see, like, uh, the – I like to do, like, the fan turnouts. Obviously, this, this is an East Coast game. It's in Atlanta. Uh, that's pretty far away from L.A., so we'll see uh, – because there's a lot of money in L.A., so I'm sure they'll have a lot of traveling fans. Yeah, you got that right. And I'm sure those uh, the members of the armpit of America there in Boston will, will be out in full force as well, too. <laughs> oh, uh, without a the doubt. Mark, the Mark Wahlbergs and the Ben Afflecks of the world yeah. will be there. So. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, moving on, obviously we are days removed um, from, uh, I think it's safe to say, the second biggest uh, pay-per-view in the uh, world of WWE, it, it, maybe even wrestling uh, altogether, I'll say that. Uh, the Royal Rumble has, uh, has, has occurred. It is uh, in our you know rear-view mirror. And uh, we have uh, Becky Lynch won the female women's Royal Rumble, and we have Seth Rollins as the Royal Rumble winner of the uh, men's uh, Royal Rumble match. So, um... Thoughts on the winners of the Royal Rumble? Um, well, the women's one was uh, exactly how I thought it was going to go. I mean, I, I actually I knew beforehand that Becky Lynch was going to win. I, uh, at, well, especially after she lost uh, her match, I knew she was going to win because yeah, they were sowing the seeds. Let's face facts that she is the biggest thing in wrestling right now. Um, yeah. Well, on the WWE side, I mean, if you're watching any, if you, if you're an avid wrestling watcher like we are i mean you they're it's like cm punk chance i mean they're they're chanting becky at everybody um which is insane like if you watch last night i mean people i mean daniel bryan comes out they're chanting becky i mean yeah it's just it's insane she's huge and uh so i i knew i i knew she was gonna win and then obviously that uh that happened uh switching sides to the the men's royal rumble match i honestly and i hate to say this i was kind of uh unimpressed i there was not 
too many tremendous surprises. I think that uh, I didn't expect Rollins to win, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happier with him than I am Braun Strowman. So, uh, but I, I don't know. I just don't understand it, and I, and I don't understand uh, certain guys they push or they don't push or um, certain guys they kind of just like hang around and make them, make them look like they're going to do something big with them. I.e., like Mustafa Ali right now is like headlining. You know, he's he's in headlining matches, but are they really going to do anything with him? I mean, he's a tremendous wrestler. He's really fun to watch, but are they? I don't know. Um, and then you know, switching paces from uh, the non Rumble matches, uh, I thought some of them were any t- entertaining. I thought one of the worst matches I've ever seen in my entire life took place in Brock Lesnar versus Finn. Oh yeah, it was. Um, that was just, you know, me and you obviously are texting throughout the whole thing. It's That was just stupid. I mean, I don't even understand it. I don't see I, what just, the purpose was for Finn to be put in that match if he was just going to be uh, submitted by Brock. Um, it does nothing for Finn. It did nothing for the fans of Finn. Um, it was uh, it ended up being a filler match and nothing changed. Like, why make the match if nothing is going to change? And I understand the retention of titles and, you know, having a blowout match. Like, obviously, you, you have a crazy, you know, blowout match between, uh, you know, for instance, like a JBL and Eddie Guerrero. And, uh, you know, there's a dirty finish or something and it, and it explains you know, why the title was retained, or there's there's some more story, but what story did it tell? Like, okay, well, Brock Lesnar's beat everyone. Yes, we understand that he has been written to beat and, and destroy everyone, but what does it do when you just keep retelling that same story just with a different it. character? I don't get it, and I don't get their love of, of Brock. I don't understand it. I don't... I mean, he has had the belt for just... Every time he has a belt, it's just awful. Like, he's never around. He's just, he doesn't care about wrestling. I don't know. I just don't understand it. But we talk about it all the time with Braun, with, you know, with Braun especially, too. Like, Vince loves guys like that. And uh, they continue to be pushed, even though they're awful. This is, here's my take. I think whoever, and I believe it's, uh, I believe it's Brian James, uh, Road Dog, who is uh, the head of, you know, the head producer on SmackDown. Everything that SmackDown does, they do right. I am, and it's not even the the extra hour on Raw that drags for me anymore. Um, but everything that's done on SmackDown is done properly. That's why the biggest star in the company right now, a female, Becky Lynch, the man, is the biggest star in the company. Why? Because whoever is in charge of SmackDown knows how to book. They know how to tell a story, they know how to build characters, and they know how to take Becky Lynch, who was on the lower mid-card and doing nothing and floundering, and then make her, and she made herself as well, I think because they're getting away from more scripted promos, have you know made her into the biggest thing uh, that's happened in the WWE since uh, arguably Finn or, or Samoa Joe came over, or from when AJ Styles joined, but... And every match on the Royal Rumble card, uh, the most entertaining ones were all SmackDown uh, matches. SmackDown's vastly superior in every aspect. It's much easier to watch, obviously, because it's two hours as opposed to three. Um, but the storytelling's better. You see more people showcased on 
uh, SmackDown, and uh, they just drop the ball on Raw. Whoever is 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 heading the the force uh, in the WWE when it comes to Monday Night Raw has been dropping the ball for a long time. Um, I think it's a benefit to someone like AJ Styles that he is on um, SmackDown um, because I don't I think he would be lost in the shuffle and he'd have he'd he'd be pretty much rendered to you know Cesaro's heights a guy with a lot of talent that they they're just like eh well we got three or four other uh, guys that are uh, you know beefed up and roided out that we need to push because they're Vince guys and that's the bottom line and that's I'm glad and you know what though the tide's going to turn because with AEW coming in, I don't think they're going to sign a lot of guys as much as people are like, oh, my God, all these guys are going to leave WWE and go over there. I think a lot of guys are going to want to, but I also think they aren't going to – AEW isn't going to get stupid and just sign every Tom, Dick, Harry or uh, having – I don't think – I don't think it's – like it's gonna be is like many people going over there. I could be wrong, but I just don't see it. like like all this Dean Ambrose stuff right now. Like I don't think Dean Ambrose has any care to go that to there. I, that's just me personally. It's, I don't think he, he's not like that deep rooted in pro wrestling where he. I don't know. I actually think he's gonna leave the company and not wrestle. That's what I think is gonna happen. Uh, it's happened before. Yeah. You know I mean? It's uh, you, you want to know something? I think you'll see. I think out of anything, I think you may see Max, and I mean this, Max, five guys from WWE going, and I would almost bet that two to three are from the Cruiserweight division because Hideo Itami uh, just uh, asked for his release and was granted that. I could see him going to AEW or obviously Japan. Um, He changed his name on all of his social media platforms already to his his original name, which is hilarious. Um, so I, I really think that, that if they get anybody, they're going to get guys that are, I guess, considered cruiserweights, but can, can wrestle any type of match like a Neville who is, you know, now known as Pac and is signed with AEW. I think they'll get those guys, but I really think, uh, I really think that one, possibly two major, major players in WWE will go there, but I don't think much more than that, but because I think one, everyone a lot of the people that are signed to WWE that are the big names that AEW would want would never go for one, the comfort factor uh, Two, if they go to the competition now, you know, it could create bad blood that could last a very long time. And Vince won't be around to be for as forgiving as Vince is. Cause listen, Eric Bischoff tried putting Vince out of the, uh, out of business. Vince had no problem doing business and bringing him in. You know, he had bad blood with Warrior, Hogan, all these guys, Jake, and they all came back because Vince can bury the hatchet. I don't know if Stephanie or or, or Paul are going to be able to to bury the hatchet uh, when it comes to some of these guys if they leave at the, you know, when uh, a new promotion that is, is bound to, to be pretty successful, um, do I think that they're going to be able to really do what wwe's done no but also never say never i do think that they're going to be come out and be viable because if tna can come out in 2002 and still stick around obviously now they're known as impact if they can stick around from 2002 to 2019 i think aew's got a pretty good shot at being successful in some realm yeah i mean 100 i mean i think it's going to be successful per se but i think i guess it's all about your perception like you know the WWE is the NFL or Major League Baseball, I'll say, and uh, 
is AEW going to match that, or are they just still going to be like AAA baseball? You know what I mean? Like, I guess it's just about perception. I don't think they'll match it, but I think it'll just be an alternative for people. And yeah, you know, maybe, you know what I mean. Maybe the biggest alternative in the United States ever, of course. Yeah. Obviously, we have you know ROH and stuff like that, but. Um, yeah, obviously this is going to be bigger than that probably, especially if they get a legitimate TV deal. Yeah. They're going to be like a TNA possibly. I think a lot of it hinges on that, but at the same time, I feel like, I mean, <laughs> look at how many people tune in for MMA fights, I feel like, uh, and with All In, how many people bought that to see All In that Cody Rhodes constructed. Uh, I mean, part of me thinks it one will, it will... They can exist without a big TV deal, but it really hinges on going to that next level of being really competitive with WWE on that great TV deal. But by the same token, I don't think that they're trying to go head to head with WWE per se. They're trying they're trying to create a different option, not only for the fans, but for for the talent, because. I think one of the big reasons that this AEW was started, obviously, by the Young Bucks and by Cody is because they didn't want to go to WWE. They don't want to give Vince all their merch money and take home 8 to 10% of merch that they would get and maybe a little bit more. But they'd be taking a merch alone with as merchandised as the Elite and Bullet Club and the, and the Bucks are. They'd be taking a they'd be taking a massive hit just on merch alone had they went to WWE and they were, you know, the rumors about them getting kind of like groomed contracts, uh, you know, Mark Marrow style, pretty much like setting your guarantee uh, and creative control, like all these crazy stipulations, and then they turned it down. Uh, they know what they're doing and they have their target audience, and you know, if people if people are committed to buying bullet club shirts and being fans of uh the bullet club which was you know aside from you know the appearances in roh being exclusively through new japan and people were going out of their way to get programs i.e myself to get access tv to watch new japan i mean they're in the right market and i don't think that they need to be the billion dollar conglomerate that wwe is to be successful and the Young Bucks and, and the Bowl Club have proved that over the last five years. Right, and I don't think, um, obviously I think that they, I think they're doing this AEW to make it different, because if, like, to get a TV deal, because if they're not going to do a TV deal, it really doesn't make much sense to me personally, because, I don't know, I mean, it, it makes sense, obviously, because they, they're, they're going to run the company, but, like, it just seems like they want something bigger than what's out there. Absolutely. So it seems like they have to be doing some sort of TV deal. So, but um, but yeah, no. Just to get back on the on the on the rumble real quick, I just I wasn't super impressed with it. But um, you know, I, I like the Becky storylines, and and I like uh, I don't know some of the other stuff I don't get, like Ron Killings, our truth winning belts right now. Like, why is that happening? Yeah, he <laughs> why, won the U.S. title why, last night. Why is our truth winning belts from? From Rusev and, and Nakamura, guys, I should be holding bigger belts, probably. I don't know, I just don't get that. But, um, I don't know, yeah. The, the, probably, if I had to rate uh, Rumble out of, you know, out of five, I'd probably give it, like, a, a three or two and a half or something like that. I don't, it didn't really blow me away, and it kind of, I thought the biggest match, like, the men's Rumble was actually kind of, I didn't, I didn't really find it that entertaining, to be honest with you, so... I uh I I agree wholeheartedly. Um, it was just uh it just didn't uh didn't it didn't 
it didn't uh, deliver in the way I wanted it to. Um, but I, I always, you know, the, the Rumble is my favorite pay-per-view of the year just because it, there is a little bit of unknown there even when you have your suspicions. So I can't get too down on it, but at the same time, obviously, I'm going to let my critiques be known. And I know everyone critiques the company now um, to the nth degree, but I think a, a bunch of it is merited. I think a lot of people... Uh, who are like half fans uh, complain a little too much and when they don't watch the product as much as like say you or I do um, I mean because even when it's bad and we know it's bad we're still watching which is you know I mean to, to be completely honest with you uh, you know if the people like me I and you I think are in the in the majority so I think uh, old trips and and Vince and Stephanie and everybody should be thanking their lucky stars that we're so commit committed to to loving wrestling that we'll watch uh we'll watch uh Ron Killings uh you know beat two of the the best uh singles wrestlers in the company and win the title a guy that's in his 40s and and has been uh lower mid card his entire career yeah I don't know but you're right I mean as much as we can play we still watch it every week so but yeah, any uh, final thoughts on wrestling before we touch on a uh, little NBA news? Uh, I just want to tell a funny story uh, from last night. Um, I missed the beginning of SmackDown. I recorded, but I missed the beginning, right? So I'm sitting there, and uh, and I, I, I you, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll go back and I rewatch it, uh, the beginning to catch up to where we are. So I do that, and uh, obviously the show started off last night with Becky and my wife gives me a ration of, of shit, part of my French, because she, she insisted I wanted to watch the beginning because I am obsessed with Becky Lynch, she says. It's so funny that you say that because obviously my female counterpart said the exact same thing as to it was wondering why I was telling her to shh when I was trying to listen to Becky Lynch's promo. It's just uh, we live in we have some hilarious relationships, that's for sure, but... And, uh, I just thought it was very funny. I just wanted to share that story. So, but yeah, Becky Lynch getting us in trouble. Getting us in trouble, big time, big time. Uh, but yeah, uh, moving on to the NBA. Obviously, uh, we'll touch on uh, the big story in the NBA. Um, uh, besides my Nets being on a tear, which only dropping one game in their last nine. Um, hey, my team beat the Lakers last night. How's that make you feel? Well, uh, LeBronless Lakers. Do you, do you really put your hang your head on that one? Yeah, I know. Um, but Anthony Davis, obviously, uh, his agent revealing that he demands a trade, f- is not interested in signing a contract extension, wants out of New Orleans, uh, does not want to be part of the Pelicans. Um, obviously, on a technicality, can't trade to Boston. Sounds like the Pelicans are going to make it a little hard for L.A. to get him because the Pelicans want the best deal. So it looks like... It's looking like unless uh, Magic Johnson uh, actually pulls a rabbit out of his hat and lives up to his name, uh, you know, it doesn't look like Anthony Davis is going to go to the Lakers. It looks like they're going to hold out and try to deal him to possibly the Celtics, is which is the favorite, I, I suppose. But um, what are your thoughts, Eric? I mean, Anthony Davis, 25 years old, he's got a whole career ahead of him, at least another 10 to 15 years, depending on how long he wants to play. Uh, what do you, what's your take on this? What, on this, uh, I mean, let's, let's call it what it is. It's ring chasing. I mean, part of me, uh, you know, we always talk about the super teams. Like, obviously he, the guy wants to win. So 
I understand he wants out of there. It's always a weird situation when that happens, though, because it's like, what do you do with him now? Like, I know he's hurt right now, so he's not playing, but obviously he wants out. you got to question, like, his motives, like, while he's on the court with you guys. So, um, I don't know. It's interesting. The thoughts of him going to Boston I don't like just because that adds to uh, competition in the East. So, I would like to see him go out to the – if he's not going to come to Philly, obviously, or go to the Nets or something, I'd rather see him go out to L.A., of course. Um, that would be a scary situation because I read um, that if, you know, Davis does, in fact, go to the Lakers, that Clay Thompson would uh, would maybe follow him, which that's just insane to me. So. Yeah, I mean, t- honestly, I don't think the Lakers should – strip down their entire roster especially as some really solid guys like Zubak who's, who's really putting up some great uh some great ball lately and you know Ingram and, and Ball like I don't think you give those guys up all those guys because that's what the Pelicans are going to want or like three guys and a pick or two picks in the first round um I don't think you do that um I thought if Fele is smart I mean Clay's Clay's going to be available I mean, also, Kawhi, I'm more than positive, is going to sign elsewhere. So if they were smart, I would would take what you got right now, tell LeBron to to swallow it if he's got any kind of um, uh, aspirations to bring Anthony Davis in and just be like, listen, you want a super team, give us some time, we'll get Kawhi. I mean, yeah, I mean, I just think – like, because I was, they were talking about doing the Lakers game last night, like the Lakers, uh, the Lakers Philly game, and, and you would have to give up a lot. So, I guess that's a question you got to ask yourself. I mean, is LeBron and Anthony Davis, the two of them, with a couple other key people, are they going to bring you to a championship? And not only are they going to bring you, are they going to are they going to win? So, that's I guess that's a question that the the brass of the Lakers has to ask. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to have to a lot, obviously. Now, would you take uh, would you take Kawhi and LeBron or Anthony Davis and LeBron? I mean, that's a tough call. They're both great. I mean, I love Anthony Davis. I love his I love his game. I love he's a big dude who can do it all. I mean, man, I don't know. I think I would go Anthony Davis to be honest with you. See, I'd go Kawhi. I just don't know. I don't know. It's a tough call. Obviously, they both can do damage. So yeah, definitely, and enough. Uh, and enough to to get you to the finals, I think. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see where he uh, where he where he ends up. But uh, I mean, you know, Vince Carter. Obviously, you know, I'm a big Vince Carter fan. Vince Carter, you know, made a comment. They talked about like him, like you know, your career's winding down. He did this interview, and uh, you know, what what you know, what do you think about these guys that join up with other guys and like get. Uh, you know that are ring chasing and, and Vince is like you know yeah, I understand like that's part of the game now but uh, that's not why I ever played basketball like uh, you know the journey is is why I play basketball and you know the the getting put on a team where you really like uh, their idea of what they want to do and the vision and uh, you know you want to try to do your best to you know be the best ball player you can and try to get as many wins and, and do what you can. Uh, do you think that kind of basketball mentality, obviously it's 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 a dying breed now, and you're seeing guys that have spent their whole career 
like uh, like Anthony Davis in New Orleans, uh, you know, wanting out. And uh, you know, what what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that is uh, is foolish for Vince Carter to think that way? Do you think? Because I think if Vince Carter was teamed up with, you know, put it this way, I think if if Vince Carter was on, uh, I, I'm trying to think like the the Suns in the mid 2000s. If he Vince Carter was there with Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire and and you know they had the filled out uh, uh, positions elsewhere, you know, in the bench and everything with Rajah Bell and and those guys. Do you think you know Vince Carter if he was you know on one of those other teams? I mean, th- I think it's safe to say he probably would be a world champion. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's two ways to look at it. I think it's kind of like the old school mindset, and, I, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I think, but like we always talk about the nature of the game now, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of those other older guys said the same thing. A lot of guys from the '90s are like, oh. You know, I didn't, I didn't do a super team. I wanted to compete against those guys, but I think, I mean, it's just the nature of the beast now. You know what I mean? So, I don't think he's wrong per se. I just think it's like a, it's just an older way of looking at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I don't think you can win at this point without being on some sort of super team. I, I really just, it's just not, um, it's not feasible. So. No, and, uh, you, you know, uh, I think, because um, it was always, like, uh, two guys, you know, and especially, you know, from the from the 80s into the 90s, it was always two guys, you know, whether it was, uh, whether it was, uh, I'm trying, you know, is more so in the 90s, obviously the 80s, there was uh, plenty of uh, two guys, uh, or, or even, like, what you would call semi-super teams. I don't know if you want to call the Bad Boy Pistons a super team. I think they were, but, um, you know, you talk uh, Chicago Bulls, like you could say Michael Jordan all day, but you think Scottie Pippen as well. At least I do. Um, And the same thing with uh, the L.A. Lakers, obviously, Shaq, Kobe. Exactly, yeah. Um, I just think the way they went about it is different. I think, um, I don't know, maybe it just wasn't as publicized, but now it's like, and, and again, we've said it before, I mean, LeBron's the one who kind of changed all that, right? Like, he's the one who had the big, uh, the big, you know, conference live show on ESPN about where he was going. Yeah. So I think now, I just don't, you can't, I just don't think you can win a championship without Without having three guys who are literally in the top, like, like top of their positions, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's all sh- it's all shooting too. I mean, that's the thing. You don't even need uh, you don't even need guys to be uh, efficient on defense, and that's why I respect uh, you know any guy that's really out there throwing down blocks and really playing some good defense, but. I do think that the super team thing started a little bit before LeBron doing that. I think LeBron doing that was the tipping point, and they're like, "Hell, he went down to he went down there, and then he's been to the finals every year that he went after he went down there." You know, like uh, you know, he it, it launched him after he obviously went to the first finals against uh, the Mavs and lost, and then went back and then won, uh, and then won again and then lost. Um, but it's. Uh, I think it came a little bit before, actually, in Boston with, you know, when you got uh, 
as many targets as they or, or as many deep threats and and uh, you know just guys that were sharpshooters there. You know, you talk Kevin Durant, Paul Pierce, uh, Ray Allen, Rajon Rondo. Like that was a and Kendrick Perkins. Like that was a squad, and I think people yeah. kind of forget that. Yeah, that is true. I mean, that was a hundred percent like a super team, and I just think maybe the way that it wasn't as publicized, like them getting together, perhaps maybe. Right, I don't think so either. I think it just kind of. Uh, they knew what they were doing for sure, but it wasn't as, uh, I don't know, media crazed about that, that happening, obviously. Exactly. So I just think I can't blame anybody. I used to blame, want to blame people, but now I can't blame anybody who wants to go to a, a powerful squad because what's the sense? I mean, if you're Anthony Davis on the, the, you know, the Pelicans, what are you staying there for, really? Like, I don't know. Like, maybe they would build around you, but are they really going to build around them? Obviously not. So. Right. Exactly. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up, Anthony Davis. Yeah, I mean, hopefully he doesn't. Like I said, Boston would be scary. So, and I'm sure you, being a Nets fan, are going to say is going to say the same thing, right? So, yeah, I don't want to see that. Yeah, I don't think anybody does. So that would be they would. I mean, so here's a question. If he does go there, are they the best team in the East? Um, yeah, I think, I, I think so. And I, I think, uh, I, it would all, I think it would all depend. It would all depend on, uh, who they kept. Because honestly, if you want to, I don't know if Hayward's gone, um, I mean, he's still working himself out of, you know, that slump from the injury last year, I think, um, but just Kyrie and him, uh, I, I don't know. It depends on who they would get rid of uh, if they had to get rid of anybody for him and and who it would be. Uh, I don't know because I think some of the other guys, you know, Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, I think those guys are key integral parts of making Boston as successful as they, as they are. I think those guys can't be overlooked. So uh, yeah, I 100% agree. I guess it would, you're right, it would stays and who goes uh but yeah i mean it, it but that's the thing though it's the east is wide open this year it really is and it's exciting to be a fan of the eastern conference honestly i'm very excited to see what shakes out yeah no i mean because like you just said though it's, it's just it's kind of up in the air like any but like there's probably there's quite a few teams that if they took it you would be like you, you wouldn't be surprised you know exactly I mean? And even though the West has so much talent, there's really only a few teams, in my opinion, that, like, I don't know, like, there's teams that do great, but, like, Utah and and, um, and Denver, but I don't, they're not going to win the title, so. Right. At least my, they're gonna. Now, uh, give me your, uh, before we wrap this up, give me your uh, your Western Conference Finals and your Eastern Conference Conference Finals. Who do you got? What four teams? Oof. You want to hear mine? Uh, Mine, Western Conference, Oklahoma City, okay, and the and the the Warriors. I would, uh, man, it's a tough see. Yeah, I would say Oklahoma City, just because I think they're deeper than the Rockets. Yeah, uh, I think so too, and I think Paul George is having a just a knockout season. I, I'm happy for for him. Uh, it's so awesome that he's in. Uh, He's an all-star again, and uh, I think he's having a tremendous season. 
Yeah, so I would say that. And then in the East, it's tough. Obviously, I want to go with my team, and I'm sure you want to go with yours too. So I would go I'd go Sixers Celtics probably. I don't think uh, – I don't go I don't go Raptors. <laughs> so how about you? Ah, it's the East is is so hard. Um, but I do think the Celtics are there, one hundred percent. Um, who else? I really, really, I, I obviously my heart wants me to say the Nets because the Nets. I mean, there's no denying that they are so under the radar right now for what they are doing and the wins they're putting together. Um, and obviously they just, they dropped one, uh, two nights ago to, to Boston, but, um, I would, oh my God, I would love a New York versus Boston, uh, Brooklyn versus Boston, uh, Eastern conference finals. I would love it. That's my dream. I think that would be amazing. Um, but I do think, uh, I think, uh, I don't think the Sixers get to the conference finals this year. I think there's a little bit of instability there. Um, and not by anybody's play per se. I just think there isn't something that's clicking. And I think it's the same thing that's not quite clicking in Houston as well. Um, so I'm going, I'm going Raptors, uh, Raptors Celtics. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you can't, you can't really be surprised about that either. Right. So, I mean, yeah, you really can't. Um, honestly, I would, I, I really can't as much as I want to see the Nets, really put up a run this year. I hope they get past the first round. I, I hope they have a great playoff run. It would be so good for uh, for that because, let's face it, there is only one real New York basketball team now. The Knicks are a complete laughing stock. Uh, it's a complete joke. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sad because they have such a big following. And, you know, a lot of people want to see them do good, but they just can't get it right. Yeah, they really can't. From the bottom of the top, they need to be restructured. But, um you really can't be upset with whatever you see in the East this year. It feels, I mean, it feels, uh, and you probably feel this way being a Sixers fan. You, you feel a little replenished having a uh, LeBron out and you know, there's a, a shot for someone else to, you know, kind of take the crown in the East this year. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Obviously LeBron, he's been Eastern conference champion, uh, since 2011, every single year, his team has been in the, uh, he has won the Eastern conference finals. Yeah, obviously seeing him go, I'm sure uh, a lot of people were a lot of people were pumped. So yeah, I mean, I just find it interesting that he went to LA. I think he went to LA not to get on a huge LeBron spiel, but definitely went to LA for other reasons than than basketball. I think. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I obviously think he cares. Like he still cares, and I'm not saying about that. I just think there was other things in mind when he went out there. Family, you know, just just it being Los Angeles different market obviously than, uh, and setting up that i think uh also setting up the post career uh as well yeah 100 percent. like i said i mean he's kind of you know his shoes obviously with nike and he's been in a few movies so it's just obviously that's the mecca of entertainment right now in the united states is los angeles so i think that had a little bit to, to do with it so absolutely well that uh that'll just about do it for us here at babbleheads um, this is, uh, we will be back next week and we shall talk, uh, it's the Super Bowl and we will have our winner. Get into baby, start getting into 
Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, actually, we'll we'll set that right now. We'll talk about um, some baseball news next week uh, with Nike being the official supplier of uh, fashionable garments to uh, the MLB. It's exciting because Nike's always had an MLB contract, but they, now they have like the main contract, which is cool. Because uh, you remember we spoke, it was going to be Under Armour, but Under Armour ended up losing that account, I read. Uh, which I was unaware of, actually, because I know Under Armour actually was going to be the... They were going to take over from Majestic, but that fell through. So. I remember you telling me that, and I actually inquired to you, I think, last week about when Under Armour was going to be taken over, and uh, then uh, little did we know, uh, it gets revealed that Nike uh, won the bidding war there. I mean, Nike's just obviously, they have everything now, right? So <laughs> Yeah, fo- football, basketball, and uh, now baseball. And uh, the only thing they don't have is hockey, which is uh, Adidas now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously they're, they're proving that they're the – they're the top dog. Um, Under Armour taking a huge hit, and then obviously Reebok pretty much non-existent other than MMA. So yeah, we're still waiting for Puma to make its official comeback. Puma, hey, well you're a big Puma boy now, so uh, uh, you know they're Puma was. I mean, Puma's had it all. They had the, the NFL for a couple of years. They had they they're back in the basketball game. They they also signed a bunch of NFL players. Uh, obviously not to cle- they don't wear cleats, but just for like fashionable stuff. Yeah. So they're making their name. Uh, Puma is not an official sponsor of the Babbleheads podcast, but I will say that they are some of the most comfortable shoes you'll ever wear, and they make a hell of a pair of joggers as well. Agreed. Agreed. Alright then, this will do it for uh, Babbleheads. Uh, we'll see you next week. I am your co-host, Jesse. And this is Eric. Always a pleasure. And we'll see you next week on Babbleheads.